Welcome to Just Go Grind, a show that focuses on helping you launch and grow a business and navigate the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. I'm Justin Gordon, your host, and in this episode, we have Kayla Singer, who is a former PwC consultant now working at Pipestream, which is a conversational AI company doing some really, really cool things. We discuss that and more in this episode, including the importance of mentorship, how Kayla built her own personal board of directors, how to network and why networking is so important. And Kayla is honestly one of the most well-networked people I know on top of being incredibly smart and genuine. And we also discussed this conversational AI thing. What is conversational AI? What are a few of the applications? And even further diving into remote working and what Kayla's experience has been like working remotely, how that can apply to your company or building a remote team. And finally, even discussing the three different boards that Kayla is on and how you can serve on a board. What are the benefits of that? as well diving a lot of different topics in this episode hope you enjoy as always the show notes are at justgogrind.com slash podcast you can support the show by leaving a rating and review and subscribing over an apple podcast or whatever podcasting platform you are currently using and follow along instagram.com slash justgogrind as well and finally subscribe to the weekly grind which is my weekly newsletter it comes out every friday with tips tools and strategies for growing a business again justgogrind.com slash newsletter filled with lots of different goodies in there without further ado here is kayla singer kayla welcome to the show Justin, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, I'm glad I could have you on the show. And what I want to start with is out of USC, you decided to go to PwC. How did you make the decision or you know, why would you choose that path out of USC? So I was always fascinated by different types of business. When I was in college, I couldn't figure out exactly what I wanted to do. So I interned in a ton of different fields. I worked at an asset management firm. I worked at a turnaround and consulting firm. I even tried PR and ultimately I couldn't find one thing that got me super excited. So my sophomore year of college, I actually met a professor named Michael Mache, who was an ex-consultant actually at KPMG and he was a partner there and really showed me the path of management consulting and I got really excited about it and I could use a bunch of different skill sets. So. Yeah, and you said show you the path of management consulting. Like, what other aspects of like management consulting? Like, what about it was interesting to you? I think the ability to solve problems for a lot of different clients across a lot of different industries was really exciting, and I think to gain a really unique skill set. Also, coming out of college, you're looking for your first job, and. Yeah. What is the best possible thing to give you the right, you know, learning for your future career? And I really thought that was the perfect path for me. Well, I mean, I'm just curious, were you considering anything else? Because that was, I mean, was it just basically, I know I want to do management consulting after? So there was a time where I was also thinking about banking. Okay. Typically consultants and bankers look at both paths. But ultimately, I really liked the lifestyle as well as the ability to visit different clients and, you know, work on different projects in the consulting world. Yeah. So you, were you traveling, a typical like travel consult, Monday through Thursday travel type of thing or what? Yeah. What you so doing? when I first started at PwC, I started in the deals practice. So I mostly worked in the office. Uh, after my first year, I transitioned over to management consulting where I traveled a lot. 
the main place I traveled was to the Bay, of course, because that's the tech hub. Of course. And at PwC, I know you, I've heard actually that you were known as being, you know, one of the best networkers. And I can, I can tell just from knowing you for a matter of like, like a year or so that you're very good at networking. I'm curious, like, how did that come about? Have you always been that way? Can you explain a little bit more? Yeah, so I've just always been really fascinated with people. I think a lot of people have to put themselves in a position to have to network. For me, even as a kid, I just loved talking to people. So getting to learn about different people's stories, their background, and you know, just understand them as a human has been super interesting to me always. Yeah. So when I started at PwC, there's this huge firm with so many people and they have so many different backgrounds. And so I was so excited and fascinated to learn from all these amazing and smart people. So I started navigating around the firm. I you know, joined the USC recruiting team. So I got to meet people that were recruiting for all different teams. I went to any networking event they had. And then I would reach out to random partners, directors, or people in different groups to learn more about what they, what they did. And how did you approach that? Because there's so many people, especially at PwC, there's so many people there. I mean, how did you approach like who you wanted to reach out to, like how you wanted to connect, the follow-up afterward? Like, I'm just curious about your process. So some people I just met in the office and just started having conversations with, and some people I sought out. I would think about a topic I was interested in and kind of search through people that specialized in that topic and reach out and say something along the lines of, hey, you know, you're an expert in this field. I'm really fascinated about it. Can I take you to coffee or lunch or can we have a phone call and talk about it? I think people appreciate you being specific in terms of what their knowledge is and what you want to gain from the conversation rather than just setting up a meeting to set up a meeting. Yeah. And you know, one of the things... Obviously, we, we met, like I said, through, link, through LinkedIn and connecting through that way. We eventually talked about a business idea that was related to careers and kind of helping people find their careers. Now, how do you approach a business problem like that? Someone has an idea for a career website. Like, What are the first couple of things that come to your, your mind when you're thinking about, oh, how to start this, how to grow this? Like, how would you approach that? Yeah, so when I think about starting a business, you know, you might think something is a really good idea. But that might be only your perspective. So talking to people I think is so beneficial. Kind of, you know, learning if other people would use it, if it's exciting. I think it's important to test things early. You know, you could build an, a, a solution you think is amazing, but you don't do any testing. And because of that, you've lost time and money. So I think really, you know, understanding if the idea is going to be something that's beneficial to the world. Are you solving a problem? Yeah, and I imagine just having that experience at PwC, working on you know tons of different projects, you have different perspectives, and it's a reason why I obviously keep talking with you about different business things, whatever, because you, you have the diverse perspective from working on different projects. And we're not going to you know, dig into those details, but that's, I think, incredibly important to have, the different breadth of experience, and you can apply that to a lot of different areas. And to your point of getting feedback from people as well, always talking to other people in different arenas, different industries, they bring a unique view of whatever business idea you have. So I think that's incredibly important. And then at PwC, like what else can you say about your experience there, what you maybe took away from the couple of years you're at PwC? Yeah, I think being there really crafted the person I am today, the business professional I am. 
I think when I came in, there were a lot of skill sets that I was lacking. I didn't realize. Um, For example, in my first year, I think I came in being very sensitive as a human. And obviously being sensitive is okay, but also you need to gain in business a sense of strength. And on, you know, I don't remember which project it was on, but maybe in my first couple months, I worked with someone who was a bit difficult. Initially, I just didn't have the best experience and I'd come home being, you know, really sad and upset. And I spoke to my dad, who's one of my biggest mentors, and he said to me, Kayla, you're going to work with people you don't like. You need to learn to work with them and it's an important skill set to gain and From then on, I kind of thought of it as a growth experience. Eventually, the girl and I became super great friends and uh, the situation turned around, but situations like that really helped me grow as a business professional. And now if somebody yells or if something, you know, doesn't go right, I know how to handle it in a different way. So I think you learn from, you know, these kind of situations how to handle things and it really just makes you grow as a person. Yeah, and you said your dad was one of, you know, one of your biggest mentors. Who are some of those other maybe mentors of yours or people who have been influential as you've gone through your career so far? Yeah, I think mentorship is probably one of the most important things to have. They're, you know, they're the people, I call them my board of directors. They are the people I go to for all my advice. And my mentors are all you know in different industries, which is helpful because I gain a holistic perspective. Um, again, I said my first and biggest mentor is my dad. He's an incredible entrepreneur and you know has the best advice and obviously has my best interests at heart I have a few other mentors um, John Hackett who runs Inno Creative Capital he's someone I always bounce my ideas off of he's brilliant and is really familiar with the startup world I have my biggest woman mentors Ramona Capello who is someone I really look up to I was spending some time consulting on the side for a startup in the food space and she's you know one of the most successful people in that arena and so I got perspective from her which really drove some decisions we made I also have mentors I have a mentor named Bob Clifford who I got introduced to from someone on my board one of the boards I'm on and he has been an advocate and has looked out for me and has brought me opportunities without even asking and um One of my other favorite mentors, and I could go on because I have a list of incredible people, is my relationship partner at PwC who helped me transition groups going from deals to management consulting and also supported my transition into the startup community. Yeah, and you you seem to have such a great, you do have a great network. You have a great group of people around you and always, whenever I talk to you, like meeting someone else or doing this event or whatever, like... If someone wants to, someone's like starting from scratch and they want a mentor, like what? How should they even approach getting a mentor? Because there's so many different things talked about with with mentorship and like, do they officially ask, "Will you be my mentor?" Like, how does that even go? Getting someone to like be your mentor? Yeah, I mean, there are many different ways to go about it. One, some people you just click with and they start helping you, and that kind of turns into a mentorship relationship. Um, Other times I had a friend who called me maybe about a month ago and said, this guy is so impressive. He is where I want to be in the future. How do I get him on my team? How do I ask him to be a mentor? And I told him, you know, you got to outline how, first thing you got to appreciate all the things that he's done. And two, you've got to outline 
kind of what you're doing, where you want to go, and how you see the relationship being beneficial. And so he had that conversation, and actually now he had a men- he has the guy as a mentor, which is pretty cool. So my advice is just either have that connection with someone that turns into mentorship, or ask someone you think is super smart and on the yeah. path you want to go on. Yeah, and that's a good one. Where someone that is farther along or where you think you want to go seems to be a good route to go. And that's something actually, I think it was, a, I might've been the four hour work week. You mentioned like looking at people that are 10, 20 years ahead in your career. And if it's not where you want to be, then you may want to switch careers. But if it is potentially, then go talk to those people, have those conversations. Uh, or even someone that's at that phase in their life that somewhere you will be five, 10 years from now, like, can you talk to them? Can you gain that perspective? So maybe you don't make the same mistakes they made or, you know, just navigate that a little bit better. And I think that's important. So mentorship is definitely important. Um, like I said, you put a great group of people around you, which I'm always impressed with. And you obviously went from PwC, you were there like roughly two years, and then now you're at Pipestream. How did you get to Pipestream? So when I was thinking about leaving PwC, I was tinkering with the idea of starting a consulting firm relating to startups. So on the side and obviously wasn't paid, but I spent some time with different companies helping them with process improvement and different things I needed just because I thought it was so much fun. So I was thinking about doing that, but I was introduced to the CEO of Pipestream and we connected and we spent the whole afternoon talking and I thought what he was building was incredible and he offered me the job that day and I was really passionate about the business. So I I agreed then and you know, it started with Pipestream. And and initially then, what like what was your role? So when you started with Pipestream, like, what was your role with the company? And explain what it is. People have like, what is Pipestream? I have no idea. Explain the company too. Yeah, oh so Pipestream creates conversational AI solutions for enterprise customers. So in other words, we help companies better connect with their customers via chat using AI and guided flows. So that's what we do. Okay. And my initial role at Pipestream was interesting. Um, I started out, I got hired as a customer success manager, but I started working on implementation. So I encompassed two roles for one client. So typically how our projects go are we have, we have an implementation manager who manages the entire project and they manage multiple clients. And then we have a solution designer who actually builds the solution. And so I actually, instead of working on multiple clients, we had a client that wanted one person to do everything. (laughs) So I used my experience in consulting and, you know, had to gain more technical acumen to take on the solution designer role, which was amazing because I learned a lot and I've grown so much in technical acumen. And um, we've deployed the solution. It's live. I can't really talk about it because it's a private customer, but that project actually led me into the next role that I I currently have at Pipestream. Which is? So we just started maybe a month ago an innovation lab. We haven't released any products yet, but we're we're building one. And I, well, we're building multiple. I'm really excited about it, but for now it's, it's hush hush, but yeah. I'm excited to share when it when it goes live. Yeah, and people can check it out later once it eventually is actually live. And just to go back real quick, you know, transitioning from PwC to Pipestream, you said you're doing some consulting as well. Like in that in between time, you had some time to figure out what you wanted to do. Like what else? I'm just curious, like what else you were considering at that time? Because there's a lot of people 
who are either they're starting a business or considering what business to start. If they're in a career, they're considering changing careers. Like, how did you go about figuring out what you want to do next? Yeah, so when I was thinking about leaving PwC, I talked to my relationship partner. I mentioned him earlier, James Marshall, and he was amazing and gave me time to stay with to stay within the company of PwC and actually explore what I wanted to do. So he was a really good sounding board and also an advocate and a mentor, which is so rare and I'm so grateful for that time. I tinkered with you know so many different ideas. Uh, I thought about obviously as I said starting a business um which eventually I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Any ideas by the way for a business? I always am coming up with ideas but something nothing has, you know, hit me and I I'm building this business within Pipestream right now that I'm super excited about. So I'm basically starting a business. I'm an entrepreneur yeah. currently. Yeah, yeah, starting a business within a company. Yeah. Um obviously a lot of people listen to the show are interested in starting a business at some point. Um do you have any idea of what that may look like or what for you I guess the question what's the draw for you of eventually starting your own business? A few things. One, I love leading people. I love inspiring and growing talent. That's really exciting to me. I think building is so much fun, starting from nothing and creating something. I really do love building teams, building products, which I've learned at my through my experience at Pipestream and consulting for a bunch of different companies. I think it's interesting when I was a kid a lot of my friends would say I want to be a princess or I want to be a firefighter and I don't know if I really understood what it meant (laughs) but I thought my dad was the coolest person in the world so I said I want to be an entrepreneur like my dad (laughs) (laughs) so even from a young age you kind of had an inkling of okay I'm not exactly sure what this is but this this seems like a cool thing I may eventually want to start a business yeah and I've also always been drawn to people that are creating and building and I'm just so fascinated about learning yeah so the more I learn about different topics the more engrossed I get in that and I'm excited to have something that I'm just so so passionate about and I just focus all my attention on yes oh I I totally get that obviously talking to so many different entrepreneurs you can feel that passion that's why I love the podcast they're so they're so excited and so passionate about their product I mean, they've obviously poured hours and hours of effort into growing it and these successful companies and whether it be a, a coaching business or you know a venture backed startup they're all working their ass off to create something and it is exciting to even just talk to them for an hour about it it's like this is amazing um at at pipestream you said you obviously had to learn a lot like what did that that learning curve for you, was it a matter of they had internal resources helping you, external things you had to find yourself to learn? Like, How did that learning process go for you? Both. I think something amazing about Pipestream is the people there are so willing to teach and coach. And uh, one of my coworkers, Idan, I <laughs> the first <laughs> month, poor guy, I asked him so many questions just because he was more you know, skilled and knowledge, had more knowledge in this field. And um, my team was just so supportive. And then as I gained the basic knowledge, I still have coworkers like my coworker Jack. I just asked a ton of questions to on Friday. You just have people that you can go to and ask questions. But also, I started taking courses on Udemy. I've taken an intro. I'm not done with this yet, but I'm working. <laughs> I'm working on an intro to Python, and you know, you learn from different sources. Yeah, and with those questions though. 
Can you give examples of like what are some of those questions you're asking? So we do a lot of API integration, a lot of things that are really technical. So I think my questions really are easiest answered via conference. So I will call my, I'll set up a time on the calendar and, you know, have a conversation with my coworkers and ask them the questions I need to be answered. A lot of them are really deeply technical. So they're like really specific to APIs or how to create you know, a solution or one piece of a solution that would connect best to another piece. So coming from a background where I'm not focused completely <laughs> on something technical, yeah, um, I do have a lot of those, I did have a lot of those questions and as I've learned and grown less and less. Yeah, it's, it's new. It's exciting to start something new like that, especially if you're interested in it, then it's like, there's a huge learning curve, but at the same time, then you acquire these skills and you get more confidence with that, and you can just do more <laughs> within the company, which is which is always exciting. And with you know conversational AI, what are some of those applications of this? Because I I've looked into the company Pipestream a bit, and it seems like a really cool company and just a cool concept. But yeah, what are some what are some of those applications of conversational AI? So you can think of it, I'll, I'll give an example. Sure. Let's just say you're a phone carrier and um, your clients want to add an international plan. Currently, you have to call a call center. You're on the phone for 30 minutes to an hour. They don't speak, sometimes they don't speak complete English yeah. or sometimes you're transferred to an IVR and it's just a really frustrating experience and it's not always on brand for these companies your other alternative is to chat with a live representative and those live representatives sometimes they're good sometimes they take a long time sometimes they're spelling mistakes sometimes they have to transfer you to multiple people and it's just overall a really frustrating process and it doesn't make you love the brand more so what we do is we create customized solutions so that companies can interact with their customers better. So a customer could come in and, as I mentioned a minute ago, I would like to change, I would like to add an international plan. Basically, you'd already be logged in through the solution and you would be able to add your international plan within a minute. Wow. <laughs> that, yep, that would save a lot of headache. Um I'm curious if you have like one, just one more example, because I think it has a lot of applications and it'll be incredibly useful. And I've used chatbots before, um, even for selling things like Facebook, for instance, but this is obviously a whole nother level. I just, I just want to give people another example just so they can clearly see like this is going to be like a huge thing. Yeah. I mean, another thing, this is more on the fun side. So one of our clients we've built a toothbrush recommender. So our clients Oral-B, and I can say this because it's public, it's Oral-B UK, and basically you fill out some information and you get the correct toothbrush for you. So if you travel or, you know, if you have gum sensitivity, etc., we've created a solution that you can find the right toothbrush for you and find where it's located to go pick up in store or order online. Yeah, oh my God, there's, there's so many, I'm sure, so many different like ways to use this product. It'll be interesting to see where where this goes in the next few years, and it'd be exciting to find out. And with this company, so we had this conversation a few days ago, I think, about how you haven't had a remote working you know, job before, and you obviously go to the office as well, but you also have remote. And with like remote working being a trend that 
probably will continue. We'll see how it evolves, but more and more people have the option of you know, working remote, whether it be a day or two a week or just fully remote, even some of these companies out there. How has that transition for you been with going from you know being in an office, maybe lots of different energy with PwC, for instance, to then working remotely now? How's it been? So when I started, I spent two months in the office. I was really pumped up and I came home and I had a really, it was a bit of an adjustment period to be completely honest. Yeah. I am a complete extrovert. <laughs> I love being around people. And I was at home in my apartment by myself. So it was initially pretty difficult. I scheduled something every single night and I, I pretty much schedule something most nights now to go to a networking event or to have you know some social interaction. But I've learned that I can be so productive at home because I don't have any distractions, which is great. It was funny, I was at an event last week and a CEO of a company asked me what I thought about being remote because he's having his first employee that is super important to him move across the country and he doesn't want to lose him. Yeah. And so my advice to people that are remote, there's twofold. One, go to a coffee shop every once in a while. It's really nice to go work out of a different location. Two, schedule things at night so you can, you know, get out of the house and go be with people. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) But I think a really big thing for me was overcoming the challenge of not being comfortable being remote. I think like all the time I try to challenge myself to be a better version and to overcome things that are difficult. And so it took a long time, but I pushed myself through it. And now I'm comfortable working at home. I enjoy being super productive and then going out and being social. So I think, and I also think it's it's great, especially for people that, you know, have kids and they want to continue to work or somebody that needs to move away for their significant other. I think there's... I think there's going to be a huge shift to more remote working because it's, I think it's very productive and efficient, but I also think it's beneficial to have time where you meet with your team because every time I get to see my team, it brings my energy and excitement up as well. Yeah. And going, yeah, going back then to, to the mothership, <laughs> we call it, and then having that time to obviously reconnect again in person, have that face to face. But yeah, it seems like, especially with obviously the internet and more internet businesses, that you don't need a physical location and just makes a lot of sense to have remote companies and you, I mean, someone can look online there's so many different companies that are now like some are fully remote a lot are you know trying it out part-time like i said with a couple of days um there's a lot of different applications with that which is, which is interesting to see where it goes and i have obviously in approaching the second year of my mba at this very moment and if I do end up working with a company and not doing my own thing, I will look at some remote options for sure to have that flexibility where you can just be wherever you want to be and work from. Um, what With working remote, what type of, I mean, what tools for like communication like that are helpful for you or have been useful? Yeah, I schedule a lot of, you know, well, most of my meetings now are on the phone unless I fly out to the office or to a client. We use an application at work called Blue Jeans. It's a very interesting <laughs> conferencing <laughs> name. Um, and then just call. I mean, right now I'm building this business with one other person. We have a team, but the two of us are leading uh, 
you know, this business. And so we have daily cadences. I think it's just about setting up time with people and ensuring you do have cadences. Yeah, I think that's incredibly important to have that, especially if you are working remote. And even um, another business I'm working on with, with my business partner, like, we will just either have a call if it's something we need to just do quicker and some emails, some text back and forth, but you kind of figure out what works and then we have like a, a Google sheet that's running everything else basically, which is actually, which is really helpful. Um, and then what I'm wondering next is with all of your experience, you know, throughout your career so far with working at different companies, like someone starting a business, let's just say from scratch now, what are some things entrepreneurs should really, really be thinking about? I think the, one of the most important things when starting a business is to ensure you have really good processes. It really will help your business as it continues to grow. If you don't spend the time now, you're going to have to spend the time later when your business is much bigger and it's much more difficult to make changes. I learned at PwC how expensive it can be <laughs> to implement new systems, to fix data. So if you have the ability to structure everything right the first time, I would definitely recommend taking a little bit of extra time to ensure that you are focused on process. Yeah, and it can be a challenge to set some of those up as you're, as you're starting out, but you save so much time on the back end. I remember even going into, when I was working at Clark Toys for two and a half years in Las Vegas, it's one of those things where your company, you start and you move fast, and then you realize over year, over year, over year, things happen where like why are we using this system or why is this set up this way and then you have to go untangle some problem from three four five years ago and it's just a nightmare and we ran into that when i started i think we were probably maybe a dozen years into the company and so you can imagine how many different things we were fixing and restarting where like you mentioned having those processes in place from the beginning would make it so much easier so definitely if you can implement processes that you think will help your company moving forward, do them. And of course, you're not going to always know the landscape moving forward, but the more you can, the more helpful it is and saves you headache later. A hundred percent. I mean, a lot of businesses, as they grow, they don't realize they have duplicate systems and they don't really talk to each other. So they don't realize how much money they could be saving or if they set up processes to understand how the different functions talk to each other, they'd save time and money. Yeah, and is is there like what areas? I guess you get you get processes in place for really anything. But I guess what are some of those areas you would focus on or look at to kind of set up some processes with starting a business? Starting a business, obviously, HR is extremely important. Ensuring that all your employees are doing things similarly. So if you have a sales organization, you want your messaging to be tailored to your business, not you know, everyone has their own <laughs> system. Yeah. system. I think in terms of technology, it's super important to have a really strong architecture, kind of design how you want all the tech technological pieces to interact. If you don't, that's going to really mess you up, especially if you have data. Ensure that you have really good systems to capture your data and to organize it. That's really important. I mean, every piece of the business has processes, whether it's finance, HR, et cetera. But I think it's really, really important to set those up early. Yeah. And as you've gone through your career as well with with the different companies and just the people you've known and everything, I'm curious, like, what other resources, whether it be 
you know, books or podcasts or audiobooks have been helpful for you? Obviously, Just Go Grind is amazing. <laughs> yes, yes. My other favorite podcast is How I Built This. I think it has a lot of valuable knowledge. And I also think for entrepreneurs, you don't necessarily have to come from Harvard or a top school, obviously, like I think USC is as well. But entrepreneurs come from all different backgrounds. So I think podcasts like that are super inspirational. I think going to events and talking to people really gives you a wealth of knowledge. Reaching out on LinkedIn. I mean, Justin and I became really good friends through a LinkedIn message I received from him, (laughs) which I'm super grateful for. So I think there are different channels and you have to find the right channel for you. Yeah. And and one more thing with with Pipestream and with everything, I guess it's different now because you're working remotely. So now I'm wondering how you how do you kind of structure your day, manage your time as you're working remotely with Pipestream? It's a really good question. So I have a lot of team. I have team calls three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So we have our overall team call um, Monday morning, and then I have my specific team calls three times a week, and then I have you know the business that we're creating calls all every week, every day of the week. Yeah. And I think it's really have a time that you wake up every day. I wake up at 7 and I start work at 7.30. Sometimes it's earlier, depending if I'm working with our developers in Vietnam. Then I will wake up at 6, depending on the day. But I think it's having a time that you wake up, setting a schedule, and making sure that you have things outside of work scheduled at times, and ensuring that you plan your day and structure your time so that you can get everything done yeah and don't goof off <laughs> <laughs> yeah which i'm sure it's tempting to do especially if you're working remotely but you know outside of work then so how do you kind of unwind or recharge because that's always something any type a person just works a lot and is willing to work and put the time in you need to eventually take a break i'm curious as to how you how you do that so one of my favorite things i do is meditation I think it really recenters me, especially being someone who's very go, go, go. To take the time to not think and just focus really helps me as a person. I think taking walks is super nice. Just being outside and just being in nature is always great. I think having time to unplug where you leave your technology and you go see friends or you take that walk or you go swimming or you go to the beach just having you time is important and for me I also I'm on a couple boards which that also sounds like work but for me (laughs) I really enjoy and that's something that's social and and fun for me yeah and with that board experience then which boards are you on how'd you get involved with them so I'm on three different boards two of them are for USC the first board I joined was Marshall Partners So it's the board that supports the dean. It's the fundraising arm of USC's business school. And I was at a USC alumni event and I met a man who's on the board and he recruited me, brought me to a board meeting and I was hooked. (laughs) You're like, yes, I will do this. (laughs) It's honestly such an incredible experience and being on that board Someone who was also on the board with me recruited me to the other business school board. So I joined the alumni, Marshall Alumni Board. And 
I, at USC, I, I love to donate my time. I speak in classes all the time. So to be on a board there is such an honor. And my third board, um, it's with an organization called YNG, which is YPO Next Generation. And I was asked to join a committee for membership because I didn't have the capacity while I was at PWC to be on the board along with the two USC boards. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, and so... About a year ago, a little bit less than a year ago, I was asked to overtake or to take over the membership position. And I mean, I'm so grateful for that. I think boards allow you to explore different avenues and different passions. Gary V always says, try so many different things because you never know what we'll like. And so... Being on each of the boards, I've gained different skill sets and learned about things that I don't do in my day-to-day. Yeah. And with the boards, I mean, how often do these boards meet? What's the involvement like? I mean, I have no I'm completely clueless as to what that whole experience is like. Like, what is it? What do you do exactly? So depending on the board, there is at least a once-a-month cadence. So we have a meeting. Depends on the board. Some of them, my YNG board is in person every month. My USC boards are, they toggle on and off between being in person and being on the phone. For all three boards, we put on different events. So one, you get to network with the people on your board and develop a really good relationship with other smart, dedicated people. So that's beneficial. It's also something, especially if you work remote, to go, you know, do and and see people that you really care about. And also with every board, we put on events. So there's a ton of networking. And through my board, I actually met one of my mentors I, I mentioned earlier. So there's just so many amazing benefits to it. Yeah. Are there any, I mean, you're very busy already on three boards. Are there any other ones that you either are thinking about or would suggest people look into potentially? So I've got asked to be on a couple other boards, but currently three is <laughs> is my limit just because if I'm committing to something I'm gonna I'm gonna do it and I'm going to do it at 100% yeah. and when I get to a point where I can't be 100% in something I'm I'm not gonna commit there there are other boards that I eventually would love to be on and honestly if you're looking to join boards or get you know involvement I would recommend starting volunteering for different organizations and showing them how committed you are and once you are committed and you develop relationships ask what is it like to be on the board you know how can I get more involved yeah and as we kind of wrap things up you anyone talks to you for even a few minutes they learn quickly how knowledgeable you are and how genuine you are and with that knowledge is there anything else you would say to aspiring entrepreneurs or business owners that can help them either start their business or grow their business. I think we have a lot to offer. I think being authentic is so important. I've met so many successful people that are genuine and authentic and I want to be around them and I want to support them and I want to connect them with people or I want to, you know, purchase their product. And I've also met people who are super successful and are cocky and, you know, they aren't great people. And no matter how great their product is, I don't want to be around them. 
And so I think when you're aspiring to be a successful entrepreneur, no matter if you're not successful yet or if you are completely successful, I recommend just being super authentic, being nice to everyone. Don't be rude to people. Talk to people. Ask questions. Be curious. And give back. Honestly, I think for me, I love helping people more than anything. And if you have intentions of doing good, good things will come back. Yeah. Taking away anything from this interview and things we've talked about already with being genuine and taking those meetings and being proactive as well in the networking, something you've done tremendous job of, it seems like over the years, people should definitely remember that part. And where can people go to either reach out to you, connect with you, learn more about what you're doing? Yeah, so I'm actually currently making a website. It was funny because I bought the domain yesterday and I ran into Justin, who is an expert <laughs> on domains today. It's very coincidental. And my website is kaylapsinger.com. I also post on Instagram at Kayla Singer. Kayla, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate the time. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. Thank you for listening to this episode of Just Go Grind. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen. The Weekly Grind, which is my weekly newsletter, comes out every single Friday. You can find it at justgogrind.com slash newsletter. This is filled with tips, tools, and strategies for growing your business. If you want to know how to launch a business, how to grow it, how to get it off the ground, find employees, all these different things. There's a few tips, tools, and strategies every single week I deliver right to you. Justgogrind.com slash newsletter. Check it out. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you in the next episode.